0: Thunder
1: Hey, Bob! Let's introduce each other. I am Jimmy George. I am a screenwriter and full-time script consultant.
0: I am Jamie Nash, screenwriter, sometimes novelist, like this week when the 44 Rules of Amateur Sleuthing is free on Kindle.
2: (laughs) Wow, that's a great book. I can't wait to buy it. Uh, I'm Bob
0: Rose. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I'd really like that book.
2: (laughs) If I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. I'm Bob Rose. Uh, I'm an independent filmmaker. I'm a podcaster, and I'm not a big fan of the ocean. Okay. If you guys didn't know,
0: I didn't Bi- know Billy that. Ocean. Billy
2: Ocean. No okay. ocean. Whoa, whoa, sir.
0: <laughs> ocean's Eleven.
2: I'm not a big fan of oceans. Okay. The Ocean's franchise, actually, but Billy Ocean, I'm down with. Okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty down with there. So let's come on. Let's make that clear <laughs> on the mic. Okay. Anyway, today we're gonna talk about a movie that i think i you guys would agree could be one of the more difficult movies we're ever going to talk about yeah. on this show. Yeah. A right. Serbian film. A Serbian, Serbian film. film. No. Now. <laughs> no, no, it's Antichrist. No, wait. Um <laughs> we're going to talk about Adaptation. Yeah. Which and
0: uh yeah, Which Adaptation, Bob?
2: The <laughs> Adaptation. Uh the Bible. Right. Charlie Kaufman, Spike Lee, Nick Cage, that it's Not one. Spike Lee, Spike Jones. Spike Jones, oh my yeah. god. Okay. <laughs> I'd love to see Spike Lee do this
0: movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, awesome. Spike Lee likes this movie. I could see him liking this movie. I could see him liking this, movie. Yeah. Him
2: liking yeah, in, this yeah, yeah. movie. yeah. Um, yeah, this is a movie that I think we have, it's not a blockbuster, no. which I want to clear up right now, too. I think we've had some questions from fans, right? Both the of five, them. Fans. the yeah. five fans. The five fans that we have, we lean towards doing blockbusters. But every now and then, we're going to do cultural blockbusters, things that have a reputation and well that we want to talk Bob. about. That's Like right. Fargo, like Adaptation. Yeah.
0: Blockbusters for the soul. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Perfect. And that's why Jamie makes the big bucks. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so Adaptation, guys. Uh,
0: this w- When was this uh, made, Jamie? It was made in... To- well, it premiered in 2002, uh, December 6th, and it made a grand total of... Twenty-two million dollars, but it was huge foreign uh, stuff. Oh, really huge, yeah, ten million. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, that I mean that's got to be profitable, right? I mean, uh, say how much it, it, was? it says the budget here is nineteen million. Okay, so
1: so it made it barely profitable, <laughs> probably without the, the overseas
2: money. Yeah. yeah, it busted some block. Yeah, and, yeah, and overseas, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh yeah, and it was written by Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. And this this kind of I mean obviously anyone who's seen the movie knows it's kind of a weird response to like yeah, the popularity of John, Mal- John Malkovich being John Malkovich.
0: Yeah, it, it, being John Malkovich is even in the uh Yeah, they're in, on the set in the movie. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Charlie Kaufman I, I think the reason we really need to do this movie on this podcast is because Charlie Kaufman is kind of one of the few writers who his voice almost would you say Trump's the uh, director's
1: yep. voice in a movie? Like, yeah. It's the, more a Charlie Kaufman movie than a rare Spike thing. Jones it, movie. If, it, w- it feels like we're talking about a Charlie Kaufman film. Yeah. Um, even though. I mean, he's he's
0: pretty
2: much a director now. Like his, his voice got yeah. so strong, he became then a Then he wasn't,
1: though. In fact, like, I don't know if you've read up on any of the development of this movie. There's a lot of stuff in the script that Spike mm-hmm. Jones was like, I'm only doing it if we cut this and we cut that oh, and yeah. we cut this. Yeah.
0: Like the like the Swamp Ape. The Swamp stuff Ape. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah, there was right. a
1: pa- There was a which I wish I wish this was in the movie. There was an entire monologue from Robert McKee that was a page on the script. Oh, yeah, and he said never write. And, ne- a and page it's about monologue. not yeah. writing a monologue that's a whole page of a script. <laughs> <You're> right, <laughs> which, which uh, they uh, I don't even think they shot it because Spike mm-hmm. Jones was like that would
0: just be a good short film. Yeah. Well,
2: after. <laughs> after seeing his follow-up movies which i all which i love i love everything kaufman has done pretty much but i think spike jones he leans towards making a more audience-friendly artistic movie right whereas charlie kaufman it is a like with connected and even uh anomalisa Mm -hmm. they're not you know what i mean they're not giving you any favors they're just uncompromising so spike jones is a little bit
1: yeah, he's got a
2: commercial sensibility to Right, him. so that yeah, so he's going to change the script to yeah. make it a little comprehensible.
0: <laughs> yeah. you know? And we we have even talked about this before, but I always, you know, I teach screenwriting and I always show like the first day of class, I show Robert McGee, actually in his <laughs> book, uh like the first page has this triangle of types of movies. And uh the fir- the one at the very top there's the classic structure, the arch right. plot. Um, and that's basically every movie that Marvel makes and Pixar yeah. and things like that. All the movies we've talked about it's, previously. Pre- pretty much. Genre film. Yeah. Genre it's, filmmaking. it's closed loop filmmaking. Setups are paid off. Chekhov's gun kind of stuff yeah. going on. Um, they, they're they artificial in a sense. They have endings. Um, all that kind of stuff. And in the lower left-hand corner, I'm picturing it with my hands here in the lower in the lower we can confirm exactly in the lower left hand corner there's a thing called mini plot which is more resembling real life and mini plot don't necessarily have cause effect to the storytelling they sometimes just have random things happen in the in the middle of it just like life does they're trying to approximate and they sometimes don't end they just kind of fizzle out then on the other side the far right you have kind of like the surreal stuff the non-linear stuff the weird stuff yeah Um, and I would say the reason I bring this up is it's kind of interesting because Charlie Kaufman, the character is almost saying he wants to make one of these mini plot kind of movies that present itself as real life. And I would say this movie is kind of, it falls into that sometimes it's also a little bit surrealistic. Um, But anyway, the reason I say that is because when I teach my class, I say, I can teach things about that arch plot and that classical structure and that. Because ma-
2: that's the math.
0: It's the math. Okay? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this this other stuff, when you get into the mini plots and the other, it falls more into the art and there's no, you know, it's, yeah. it's harder to say. This works. That doesn't. Yeah, and, and to I, conceptualize
1: yeah. how the mechanics of doing those things is really hard. That's why this podcast, this episode is very hard because it's like how do you teach that? How do you teach these this creative decisions that he's making? Because it really is I about you can't you can't you can't yeah. teach
2: car- to be someone to be like Charlie. Kaufman. Yeah, to make these decisions because no one is like yeah. Charlie Kaufman, and it just <laughs> yes. yeah. There's so, a there's an alchemy there that it just works. Yeah, and no one knows
0: why. <laughs> so, so this this podcast becomes trickier to do our usual like let's break it down by a save the cat's question.
1: how does I mean, it compare to solo yeah, uh exactly. the <laughs> inciting incident <laughs> right um, No, I know and it's great because McKee, we've talked about McKee like not extensively, but we've named like, yeah, a couple episodes. Yeah so it's yeah. fun to kind of get here. You yeah. know, and now we're talking about it's like a deconstruction of even him as a person. And then
2: that's what this episode is and it's about a movie that's about deconstruction. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs>
0: So that's why I thought it would be important to lead off with that. Um, yeah. The only other thing I'd say about Charlie Kaufman, I mean, his career he started in sitcoms. I remember he did mm-hmm. Get a Life, I yeah, think, yeah. which was... Ned and
1: Stacy. Ned and Stacy, yeah, Which well, I really like. Man, I love show. that show. Get yeah, a
2: Life was just, amazing. I love Get a Life. Yeah. I mean, that's a really surrealist sitcom that it, was it making is. fun of sitcoms.
0: It is. Yeah. I, I don't know where he was on that writing staff, whether right. he was yeah. a wheel on the cog or yeah, what, I think, what his deal was. I think he was just a wheel on the cog. Yeah. yeah. But then I think... Uh, being John Malkovich is the, his you know, launch into the stratosphere. Right.
2: Where did Charlie human nature Coffin.
1: play into it? I, it?
2: It was that was right after, right that after that, game. and that was like his only kind of critical flop. Gosh. Gotcha. I actually like it. I like it too. I really like That's it. That's
1: why I was asking. Yeah. I don't know where it probably falls. his
0: his his most normal movie yeah
1: it's 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 the most commercial and, like the, traditional right and it's telling yeah. it's,
0: it's strange like the one and everybody this is probably like a little bit like a coen brothers my favorite of his is if you count this is eternal sunshine mine too um, oh yeah because i think it crosses it does cross into a little bit of just being normal in some <laughs> yeah. ways even though it is odd and weird and stuff like that it's so. very digestible
2: Actually, I love Eternal Sunshine to mm-hmm. death, but I think actually adaptation is my favorite. This one that we're doing to, right now. Well, yes, because uh, to me, this everything he does in this, mm-hmm. it's like him. It's like it's like life defining I, his career. He like literally comment comments on everything he could ever comment on in one movie to a point where I'm almost overwhelmed to even <laughs> think about it. Even now, after you know 16 decades, years. sixteen years of watching yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I would say that on rewatch, that might be true for me as well. Like when I first saw it, it didn't impact me in the same way as the rewatch. I actually really enjoyed it in a way even more than I enjoyed
1: it. Probably the first time when I was bringing it all in. I didn't have an appreciation for it in 2002 when I was only three years into being a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. That I do now. I Sixteen t- years later, I probably
0: had too hot of an appreciation of it then. You know what I mean? Uh, like I was really first getting into it, and it was probably my thing. And I probably said, "Well, this is a movie just for me." Yeah, it, it like checked all the boxes for you. But but now I was able to kind of sit back, and now I you know I'm not as hot about all that as I am, and just kind of enjoy it for what it's worth.
2: Well. it... It's funny because, in a way, it's it's a movie that is a response to Writer's Block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, we're doing that's why we need to do it on Writer's yeah, Block yeah. Busters, right? Because this is like the <laughs> ultimate Writer's Block movie. So, yeah. so
0: to talk super quick about the development, uh, he it's kind of basically the story of the movie, right? Uh, Charlie Kaufman was hired to develop or, or to write a script for The Orchid Thief. The Orchid Thief. Yeah. And he was. Um, he got writer's block, essentially, or he was blocked on it and just came up with another idea. And he, he basically wrote the movie that you see by writing himself into it, almost just like how the movie plays out. And, and the, his fake brother who got an Oscar nom. And his fake <laughs> brother. Only,
2: in history, the only time that ever happened. Yep. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> and it, additionally, <laughs> he didn't tell the studio he was doing it. He decided it would be better if he pitched it. He'd just get shot down. So yeah. He was like, I'll just do it and hand it in. Handed it in. They liked it. I guess the rest is history. Yeah, Man,
1: yeah, and I remember I read that they liked it so much they fast tracked it, like oh. they didn't want people to like get too much wind of it, and they mm-hmm. wanted to just fast track, get it out there, and be like blow people away. Like, what is this? You know, I
2: was actually working when this came out. I was working at a video store, and I remember when it was released a lot of customers
1: were not happy about it cuz
2: they were looking forward to a Nick Cage movie. Yeah. You know? Oh my god,
1: when I yeah. I'll never forget this is my favorite ticket purchasing experience ever. I, I bought a ticket. I was by myself. Um actually no, I was with my friend. Um and the lady at the ticket window said, "You're not going to like this." <laughs> And then your cynicism and like, you go, yeah, "No, I yeah. will now." And we were the only, yeah. <laughs> no, and we were the only two people in the theater, and it was like opening night. And <laughs> so my friend and I sat in an empty theater after the lady who sold us tickets told us we wouldn't like it, like it, and we loved it. I, yeah.
0: When I was watching it this time, I was watching at home, and my <laughs> wife was watching it over my shoulder, and she couldn't remember if she had seen it or not, like if I dragged her to it back in two thousand two or not. <laughs> and she kind of said, "She said, is this a movie like only screenwriters would like?" And I think. That's the thing when I was watching it. I don't think it is a movie that only screenwriters would like. I agree with you. excellently
1: acted. There's just,
0: there's so much.
1: All the characters are deeply, like, you you can empathize with all of them. Yeah. And they're all flawed in a way that's, like, real. But, you know, you just feel for every one of them. It, it like, captures humanity so well. Well, let's, I mean, let's talk
2: about why that works. Like, I think theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Theme would play into that, right?
1: Yeah. I think
2: so. What is what brings the movie together? What holds it together? Yeah, I have I, my theory, but let's. I want to hear Jamie's.
1: I want to hear Jamie, hear Jamie before. We're, I are like Bob I and I are just I staring at Jamie, Jamie like holding us, our breath. Tell us, Jamie. <laughs> Preach, Jamie. So,
0: I think this movie is held together by. <laughs> no, it it really is. It it's a reflection of that theme thing, and it's real. It talks about writer's block in In a sense, to me, but somebody else might just see the writer's block portion as a sub theme to the bigger thing about the idea, the pursuit of happiness, almost the you know the pursuit of something in your mind that's perfect, but then when you actually see it, it's just a flower, yeah, it's just a flower,
2: okay, I think I might differ on this because okay. I think the theme is actually stated by Robert McGee in the movie, okay. When he yells at Charlie in the audience.
0: You need a desire.
2: Well, no, no, no actually not that. Not, well, not you cannot that, have that a part, protagonist without desire. W- what he I said. Made is... him sound like Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what was
2: that, dude? Brian Cox, you made Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, no, the, 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 the moment in the movie when he yells at him and says that if you think that's real life, you're not paying attention.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. You
2: know, and from that moment on, what I love about this movie is from that moment on, the story starts to become a regular movie, like the entire like everything that he thinks yeah. do- is never going to happen in real life. Uh, the Meryl Streep, Chris Cooper storyline starts to turn into right. an actual movie. Think that's real
1: life. You're, yeah. you're
2: not paying attention. Interesting. So it, it to me, the movie now as an adult reads, uh, reads as that is that real life is actually just as interesting as movies
1: man i love that we're all have different answers that's why well, that's this why is a great so movie good too. you can walk yes. away with
0: anything okay so like no man,
1: i definitely think this, you guys didn't see that i that, saw it now that you say it i'm like yeah man right? that's great because that
2: moment when he says he's like you're not paying attention I- to life <sighs> You I, need to live more if that's your if that's yeah. the way you view stuff. You need to go out and live before you write a fucking script. I, that's a great point. I I think, right.
0: I think that is definitely a part of the mix. Okay. And, yeah. Um, the,
2: it's a it's a thick mix. I'm not saying that because yeah.
0: I would also say that that whole thing is, it's doing the thing but making fun of it at the same time. So when when Donald, what's the key line he says in the end? It's not about it's. Uh, oh no! Says, I, 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 hold
2: on! Hold on! I got it. That's yeah. Uh, you you aren't. What you love, you don't, you you are what you love, not what loves you. Yeah. Wait a minute,
0: that's The Last Jedi. You
2: know, I'm just...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you
2: are what you love, not what loves you. Which is yeah. an amazing line. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And and you know even that it's like kind of saying the answer, but making fun of the thing at the same yeah. time. It's like, come on, it's life is more than that. It's more complicated. It doesn't come down to that one thing. But on the same time, it does kind of you know so. Yeah it it mixes it's making fun of things and doing also things also weird a weird, a weird
2: commentary on in, on internal and external forces that this movie is obviously playing on like that that just that saying alone oh yeah like you it's perfect you're only defined by what go- you're putting out not what you're you're taking in yeah there's this you interesting I mean? we were
1: going to I was mm-hmm. we were going to talk about that later but there's this interesting thing which i don't agree with which i feel like this movie talks about so so i got a couple things on theme i, I think the um It definitely, I think it's very literal, the theme, and it's about adaptation. Mm -hmm. And because it explores adaptation in the flowers. In the book, how do we make the book right. into a movie? In the both the real characters, the real Susan Orlean, the real LaRoche, the real Charlie Kaufman, and the fictionalized characters once they start changing and adapting. And the movie itself adapts over the course of its duration. It changes from a comedic drama that's very real and honest to this fabricated drug thriller. You know? right, so right. the movie's adapting too. So it's like very literal and then like each one of the characters adapts in very different ways uh or like uh LaRoche is constantly adapting, constantly changing, constantly being like, I'm not interested in this anymore. I'm interested in this. Susan Orlean. It's like a chaotic nonsense. Susan Orlean, she like desires to adapt. She wants to be like LaRoche, but she can't. So she like wants it so bad. And then Charlie, he's the opposite. He doesn't want to change at all. He doesn't want to adapt. So like each of the characters, like the exploration of the characters is all about their ability to adapt or not adapt or how they feel about adapting. You know, so that that stuck out to me, and then the other thing that I didn't never thought about in the past, but now that we've been doing this so long, the rewatch, there's like a lot of back and forth from the beginning to the end, especially all the Robert McKee stuff and the Donald, all the Donald scenes are about this, about uh, unstructured creativity versus commercialism and structure. In itself, I mean, his fucking script is called the Three. Like the right. three act structure, mm-hmm. like it's still on the nose, you know. And uh, as a younger person, I I
2: focus so much on the, the Donald Charlie dynamic. Like to me, that was the theme in two thousand two. Right. Right. I didn't really notice all this other stuff, right? Do you know mm-hmm. what I
0: mean? Like, yeah, I was like, it was
2: like an indictment of Hollywood almost.
0: I, w- <laughs> I will say a little lesson to be, because there aren't that many like of these kind of typical things we do. One lesson I I've always said, if you're ever trying to analyze a theme. If anybody's giving, like, a whiteboard speech in a classroom or something, it's almost always the theme. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. if Robert McGee's up there talking about something, even though it sounds on the surface like screenwriting, you know it must be Yeah. To yeah, yeah exactly. It's yeah. true. Oh, I think the movie paints
2: him as wrong to some degree, but he's not- We can get in that. Yeah. Um, I, but I'm the one who's also said he said the theme, so, uh,
1: you know. But, like, so, so one thing I thought about, like, once I was really, because, like, I, I, I took a lot more out of this the second time, like, the rewatch. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is so so much smarter than I even gave it credit for the first time. Like, he's talking about unstructured creativity versus structured commercial stuff, right? But this movie came out of his failure to be, like, traditional, right? It's, like, this very meta, even. Like, his failure to be commercial with this telling, is what ended up making it a commercial movie. Like, it's such a... It's so, like, heady. <laughs> but, um... And you
2: really just want to know how heady he was while writing this. Like, right. How right. does he view
1: it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he talks... He's pretty genius open... genius aware, he's is what i He's pretty open about, like, the creative process, and, like, he's pretty open in the interviews about, like, what he... What this movie is mm-hmm. to him. You yeah. know, he, he never... He, he doesn't seem to shy away from it, but, um... Yeah, so I took both of those themes out of it, and I'm not sure there is a right answer, you know, because we all came out with completely different things. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I have a feeling there's one unifying theme that ties all these together in some ways, but it would be hard. It's hard to approach it. Yeah. Because all of the things everybody's saying, I agree, are part of the theme.
2: Yeah, I don't disagree with anything any, yeah. you guys said as far yeah. as theme. It's just, it's, it's kind Somebody's of
1: Somebody's like, going to send a, a message. Dude, you're it's,
2: wrong. Well, it's, it's a smorgasbord, man. Yeah. You watch a movie like this, you come away, everyone's going to go, it was like six different things. It's just... Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's and it's it's kind of amusing on all of these things. You know, he's, it he's is. musing in all different directions and all of these yep. things throughout it.
2: Well, like I said, I really thought when I first watched this, it was basically like when I was more like a film student, cynical jerkwad, <laughs> I would be like... Like yeah, man, Hollywood sucks. Right. And his brother's <laughs> Hollywood, and he's just tired of him. You know, and that—that's what I read it as before. Yeah. And now I don't read it. No,
0: now yeah. I read it like Donald is the guy with the answers. Yeah. It's like it's like
2: yes. It got weirdly. You know, I was like kind yeah. of on his side. He's kind yeah.
0: of he's kind of um ignorance is bliss sort of thing. And, and also and he's enjoying life. He's not right. missing life or he's not worried about ideas. He's enjoying life. You know yeah. what I'm saying, and he's also the that's kind of my theme yeah. version of it. He
2: he also it's at, good, Jamie. out of the two, uh, rewatching it now, I read it as he's written to be the one that kind of cares about people watching his movie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas yeah. whereas uh, Charlie comes off as he wants to, he's it's, trying to fulfill himself. It's
1: masturbatory, absolutely. Yes. I mean, yeah. he's masturbating multiple times. Really reminiscent yeah. of Barton
2: Fink. Right,
1: really reminiscent of Barton Fink. I loved how every time he's masturbating he gets interrupted by Donald <laughs> wanting to pitch him his movie. No, it's like and a statement of Charlie. Same Golden. thing happens to me. All the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like the ultimate. to <laughs> and Jimmy message you every time. T- <laughs> Jamie.
0: Ten, ten minutes ago, I had this great idea for a horror movie. They burst in and said, let's do a podcast. Yeah, let's do a podcast. <laughs> Adaptations. But it's go. like he's
1: saying like the greatest turn off to him is somebody wanting to talk about their idea. Right, right. <laughs> mm. Uh, so let's talk about let's let's actually talk about the writer's, the
2: writer's block, block, yeah, yeah aspect yeah, yeah. of it. It I I wrote this down. Does it ask if it's possible to write a story without a central conflict? Is that what it's asking, and is that
0: possible? And, and you know, we talked about that arch plot, that Aristotelian yeah. classical structure, and when I stand up there and act like Robert McGee and tell you what a story is, (laughs) I say a story has a goal, a hero with a goal, a desire. A hero needs a desire. Desire. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, There's an obstacle in the way and there's stakes, you know, that force them through the obstacle. So that's where the conflict comes from. A hero with a goal, something in the way, and they have to get through it or something, life or death is going to happen. So in that sense, it sort of echoes that. Absolutely. And then down in the mini plot category, down in these like, Movies like, I don't know, Lady Bird comes to mind or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, it, Clerks maybe. Clerks. Clerks a little bit. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it yeah. it's less about that like sometimes there is no real goal or the goals come and go or they the conflict they is within the character conflicts can be I don't mm-hmm. want to do this
1: yeah <laughs> that's about <it. laughs> goal is to not do it yeah. and usually
0: in a in an arch plot which, which forces them to do it most characters don't want to do something yeah. like they're sitting around like the dude and they just want their life to be yeah. normal and then something comes along and forces them to get out of the house like Shrek doesn't want to leave his house but He's forced out of his house yeah. to go on the mission, man. I think you just made me like Shrek more. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but comparing it to the Big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think that is the um, when you ask, does a movie have to have central conflict? We could probably find movies like Clerks or Slacker or something that yeah. don't have necessarily central
1: conflict, usually, probably Slice of Life, Slice of, slice life. of life again. But there's conflict within the scenes, you know, and that's what makes it the, the engine. Well, really right. Like that's right, like Clerks has Randall, yeah. yeah. To yeah. Don- you know what I mean? Like you need yeah.
2: that character, the donkey. Yeah. You know, Randall and the do- Randall and Donkey are two
1: characters that pull the. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. Push the buttons. I don't know. I think Walter. this movie has a. I mean, the central conflict is pretty pretty consistent in until it hits the third act and turns into a drug dealer. Yeah, that, what, that was is more thing. asking. This movie was... does have one. Yeah. yeah.
2: So right, and I was like, I feel like the movie is constantly asking it though: Can you make a well, movie without conflict? I- and then it, it kind of does say no.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I think. What does McKee say? Why are you wasting my fucking, yeah, fucking Two
1: <laughs> hours with your precious, my precious time with your fucking. I movie. think that the <laughs> movies to be, be.
0: Yeah, I think there's the movies to be believed. Charlie Kaufman spent some time trying to figure out that more realistic approach to life. And then eventually he said, I can't do it. So he settled on this approach that did have a lot of conflict and was writing about writer's block as opposed to just talking about flowers and how great flowers are. Which turns yeah.
2: into like a murder plot. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: Being murdered in a swamp. Like, yeah, yeah. it just
2: turns the crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. No, but it says like you asked, like uh I think we skipped over that. Does this movie have answers to writer's block? And I think this movie does, like, I Take a, a Robert McGee coin. <laughs> yeah, just take a Robert McGee coin. Drop $500. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's got all the answers. No, like, I am not, like, because I, I read scripts all day, and, and a lot of people do not follow the quote-unquote rules, and I'm fine with that. I'm not a guy who discourages voiceover flashbacks, dream sequences, all these things that that people are like, don't do that. Like, Mm -hmm. um, story's a story. If you tell it, story, I I am entertained when people do a, a dream sequence. Great. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. When people do great voiceover narration, I'm like, I love it. You know, there are ways. So I think this movie says, Hey, like if you got writer's block, like do throw everything put yourself in the story like you know it could still work like try unconventional structure try using voiceover try using a dream sequence or flashbacks uh uh change the characters to be completely implausible to what they were before you know throw in a dramatic tonal shift like this movie is a comedy and drama in the first half and then all of a sudden it turns into a drug thriller and it works you know and and like conventional storytelling would be like Hollywood would be like you can't do that you can't turn it into a drug thriller the last 20 minutes there were no drugs at all in this first half and like there's deus ex mahina like it's got all these things that they tell you it's a movie that's like everything you shouldn't do in a movie adaptation does and literally everything I think the lesson there is you know fuck it just like go for it and see what happens if you can't figure it out traditionally yeah. the point is that I like watching it Yeah. so whatever he did (laughs) It works. <laughs> yeah <laughs> here, here,
0: the weird thing about this movie but if i did this the joke would be on me i could save the cat this
1: movie me too
0: there's a catalyst oh there's yeah. a break into oh, yeah. no, there's a totally. midpoint i there's was all just all about awesome. to ask yeah, about yeah. structure that's we can go into yeah. the let's next thing let's talk about thing. structure let's, talk, let's
1: well let's talk about the we can talk about structure and the rebuttal aspect that you, the question you asked bob what was it the one i just asked the next one. That's oh, oh. on the list. Let's the next one on
2: the list because we write these things down. Yeah, Is this a rebuttal to Hollywood adaptations or validation
1: of them? Jamie.
0: You know, watching this movie, it's... This is the question. I think Bob wrote this question. I thought I wrote it because while I was watching this movie, that was the debate I was having yeah. in my mind. That's such a compliment to me. Yeah. I'm no, happy about it. I, I honestly, when you wrote that, I was like, wow, he, did I write that? Or did Bob, but I was, I was like, Anytime I'm pretty Jamie
2: sure. Jamie mistakes my work for his. I'll take
0: it. Cause, <laughs> Cause the whole movie, I, I was going back and forth. Is he making fun of it? Or is he actually saying that's the way it has to be done in a weird sort of way? in a weird sort of way i came out to the side that it's it's the i i'm gonna say he was pro hollywood uh screenwriting techniques that's I, my I, take that's i'm 100
2: actually with jamie on this i actually think charlie kaufman more so than most people would guess is a huge fan of movies yeah, Does that, that make sense. sense? Yeah, like you more can feel so that. than anything, I think he's a you huge fan that. of films. films. He's just exp- he expresses it in different ways, and I don't. Th- I think that he's a guy that I can. If I were- there was an interview with him where he said I go and see every Marvel movie, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like I think to some degree he enjoys the game of writing and structure and you know the clichés and everything That's funny
1: cuz like the the Charlie Kaufman he portrays loads it like loads the process But he's also Donald well, but you yeah. Know. Yeah, he's he is also Donald, Donald yeah. But, yeah he is Donald but there is a guilt there
2: to the fact that it seems like he's guilty cuz yeah. he feels guilty for loving all of it <laughs> Absolutely and he's almost like he's he like says, he's you like, and like and I flagellating the- himself <laughs> about it but he's like, I love it, and the movie. I think the last half of this movie is proof. Yeah, that's
1: a good point. Well, I, I yeah.
0: would, I would say that's true of all writers. You know, I, I love this stuff too. I love the Robert McGee of it all. I think it's, it's very interesting to me. There are also times when I'm like, you know, is it too strict or is it too that? So I think all writers kind of have that to a certain degree within them. Yeah. So it's
1: definitely a statement of the frustrations that can come about by the like these standards mm-hmm. you know that we're expected to follow not just from the hollywood reader yeah. and producer standpoint but from the audience yeah like if i don't do these things the audience is not going to respond to my story you know so yeah. it's the frustrations and like how to deal with that i think the mo- i think it does both yeah. like i think it says like a story can be good without doing any of these things and it shows you all the ways that it, that it can be good well i don't agree and- there
2: I don't think it shows that a story yeah, can be good without conflict because I, this I, I, is inherently a conflict. I, I in this was going to say
0: the same thing because I think if we actually saw the the version that he wanted to write, we would realize it does not work at all. Originally.
2: Yeah, no, I, that very the movie hard. is a condemnation of Charlie himself and what he wants to do. Yeah,
1: because ne- you we know what I'm saying. No, but like, okay, imagine so, the Orchid so, so thief
2: it... with no car chases and no
1: and no murders, like, there's a moment... no ending, no, end...
0: no love story. <laughs> right. um, yeah,
1: like like it's at like Nicholas Gage's As Charlie tells Nicolas Cage as Donald, you can't write a story where where one actor is playing both characters. And then Donald says, we'll use trick photography. Like, that fucking moment. (laughs) That's
2: amazing.
1: Like, but like, that works. That's what I'm saying. That's an argument on the positive side. Look, look what we we just did. That's like a big middle finger. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) But it's also disproving Charlie. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, like, I think at every turn,
2: it. Charlie himself is disproven it's good, him, call. good call. it's him arguing with himself good call. Yeah. on like six levels that yeah. it, it's almost like right. he's operating on it as but, an alien yeah. at some I, point
0: I think you're 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 getting it totally for me because we never see Charlie's way win out. No, no, it doesn't matter.
2: No, no, even when they're on that log at the end, when they're you know when Meryl Streep is chasing them and they can't find them, that moment, the what you love moment, like I feel like that is the moment where Donald is completely validated, and also in that moment he says, like he's been aware this whole time of what's been going on, like Donald's not, he's not a buffoon, yeah, he's just has a better outlook on life yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he's like he's like i know who you are and i know who i am and i love you man and no. it's like this, like super sweet moment in this insanely <laughs> weird movie where you completely buy that these two are separate characters yeah and their whole arc that's where their arc ends for me both of them that yeah. moment on that log Definitely. like yeah there's a little bit of an epilogue and stuff but right. that moment on that log is like okay this, i'm totally satisfied with this movie. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: does that make sense I, yeah yeah
1: no it does Okay, he said it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what we got left?
1: I don't know. We covered. We covered. I mean, you.
2: I mean, I just kind of covered the the yeah, last thing we covered, wrote. Yeah. I mean, this is a hard movie to discuss. Yeah. You you really think you could save the cat movie? Save the cat. I, I, I could save Absolutely. the cat. The structure. you think you guys could? Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Save the cat as well I mean, as you, I do. Mean, I just know there's movies. a Dark Knight
1: of the Soul. I mean, there's all of them. There's Wait, a no, midpoint. Here we could do it super fast.
0: Okay. What do you think the inciting incident is? Getting the um,
1: job? I mean, like it's that? it's like the opening scene is almost, it almost hits the ground running because he's talking about the job right, right. away. Right. Yeah. So It's
0: kind of that accepting of the job. Yeah.
1: Accepting like of the job. Then yeah.
0: Then he probably struggles with it a little he bit. He struggles with it. And then the break into would be, uh, it's probably something where Raider's block comes into yeah, play.
1: Yeah. Like d- the, Don, something to do with Donald something to do with um, Donald distract, things keep distracting him Donald, right? plays, yeah, Donald, cause, Donald cause plays Donald cuz Donald Donald has a lot of functions in the movie but but for me mainly he acts as an antagonist he's like an internal antagonist he's like he's forcing right. he's forcing all the change he's, in, he's in the Charlie. other side yeah, exactly of Charlie. Yeah. so i mean maybe it's that all maybe the uh, end of act 1 is like suddenly Donald yeah is like i've got a movie idea too and blah, 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 and that makes him go shit like what I have to really hit the gas and, and make this work. Um, I yeah. don't know. You're. It's tough. It's tough That's to not, do off the cuff. No, I, I think I, Yeah. I, th- I, think, I, think I
0: think we had it laid out. The beats laid out, of course. It wouldn't be hard at all. Because when I was watching it, I could, I could sense where they were. There, I mean, he
2: obviously knows it, too. He, he knows that structure. Because
0: essentially you have a hero who's trying to do something. He has a goal, write, yeah. the, write the screenplay. There's conflict in there in that he has Raider's Block. And his there's the other side of his conscious Donald trying to force yeah. him down another path, and he goes through various hits. Like I don't know if they're midpoints or I was lost yeah. at the rewatch the movie. But he goes through various points where he's like, I can't do this. He's trying to get out of it. Right. He, <laughs> he finally breaks down and sees McGee has a breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Then he tries to meet her. It, that's yeah. a miserable failure. Then he, the drug stuff comes into play and that spins it into the next part. Yeah. It just it it has. I, I can't do it off the top of my head necessarily, but I think it does have a. Very there's a massive
1: area. forward momentum. Yeah, I mean, and there's causal causi- causality between scenes. Everything like leads into the next thing. It's very, if this, then like all that stuff is true. Yeah, um, it's well written in the midst of yeah, all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think so. The so shift...
2: it is a val. I mean, it almost answers like three questions ago. It is a validation of the Hollywood yeah. structure because it's itself. It's if it's saving the yeah. cat. In, in the midst of all these other <laughs> themes, I mean, he's got to be aware of that. I mean, oh, right? I, he, yeah, it's like he wouldn't. I'd be, be interested to and see. Save the, the, the cat was already huge thing.
0: by. It actually, wasn't out by then. Um, really, I thought Save the, the Cat was. But like save the 90s. cat's just a new skin on yeah, things like. Old, Sid Field Yeah, Robert McGee was the Save the Cat of Before, that time. Yeah,
1: so in the n- late '90s, early 2000s. When, when I came in the late
0: '90s. Uh, and I met an agent the agent said you don't know what you're doing you got to read this book and boom they put down story story." Robert McGee I was like really that book and (laughs) honestly that's Save the Cat's Saving Grace is that it's super thin you can read it in a night. Yep. I'm still not done story after story 1998. Is... <laughs> it's like it, it's just it's I think story was his way of saying this is so hard that you have to come to my seminar.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> it's to... intimidating in itself. I think I think it's and almost And he makes it way so. more tension way more tangible in person. He breaks it down. That's yeah. right. I've been to it. I've, oh, you've been to it. Okay. I've, I've been to that and he's got genre days. I went to the thriller one. I went to the comedy one. I went to the horror one. I've, I've been to he, he, he packaged it as a four day thing. So you had the story, was two days, and then you did genre things. Sounds so, to me like he knows how to make money. Oh, dude. Oh, he does. Absolutely. He's a great showman, too.
0: Yeah, people people that go to it say it's very entertaining. Yeah. Like he's it's fun. To I'm see. saying the thing he's he wrote that's great like is the, like
1: the fucking seminar. the, yeah. the, the, the car- Brian Cox, he's just like that, dude. <laughs> did, He'll call people ha, out like you guys, your question I is I don't know the dumb. answer to
2: this, but has, has McGee ever commented on this movie? He liked he it.
1: Oh, he he. Did, he, he actually. It? So the the rumor was he had to give permission. He
0: gave permission first of all, but he also suggested. He said, "I'll only let you do it." This is the rumor. If Brian Cox, my friend Brian Cox, that's right. He yeah. did. I've heard that yeah. too. Oh shit. Okay. He, he actually wanted... was on board. <laughs> <laughs> you could see why, because he's kind of a guy that would love. The he's excellent. So it's an amazing performance. Yeah. 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 Built yeah. for Brian. Uh, Brian Cox, pretty <laughs> much. But, but to an extent, save the cat is actually a reaction. I think so McKinney. too. So, save the cat was like uh, Blake Snyder saying, "This is really good information, but it's written for like people in college oh, or it's PhDs
2: or something." That's the War and Peace. Let me write yeah, the. I'm going to write the. I'm going to write the, notes for the, the for
1: dummies. Yeah, you know, yeah. And that's it's there's made. a sh- there's shit in story that'll go over so many people's heads. They'll just be looking at it like, I mean, I'm talking about people myself. Uh, <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I'm, I'm smarter than that. <laughs> like. uh yeah, it's very stuffy. Yeah,
0: once um, you get to the controlling ideas, negation of negation. Yeah, uh, it's I mean, very...
2: honestly, the part of me also feels like Save the Cat. I could just, if I just see an outline, I get it. Like, I don't yeah, even need the whole very, book. You yeah. won't Save the Cat. It's yeah. very yeah, intuitive. Like an, yeah. like an outline. Story is not intuitive. That's, that's how I teach it. I just say, yeah. here's the outline. Right. Well, let's watch a video. I also feel it. like Save the Cat, like you said, is it's common sense. If you've spent sense. your whole it's life, like yeah. all of us watching movies. Yeah.
1: Oh, the fun and games. The fun and games. Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All you gotta do is like watch The Incredibles and just write down the structure.
0: mean, <laughs> you're done. They should do a sequel to adaptation where it's Save the Cat. Like, can, whoa, like, can be there. Charlie, are you listening? But with talking animals.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, do we have anything else we want
1: to add on adaptation? Yeah, I think. I think we. I and mean, we could obviously or, talk about this movie
0: for yeah. hours uh, the only but, thing i'd like to know. add is nick cage should have been nominated and won an oscar for this it's movie. really awesome and chris cooper was the guy who got nominated which also. is a
2: great performance yeah he's it's great. a great
0: performance but compared to nick cage when i was watching it this time it's to me it's not even close not that yeah. not that i want the two to compete i'm yeah. just saying give nick cage an oscar <laughs> i mean
2: i mean we're not that podcast but you know like when it comes to performances where I don't see the actor anymore, this is the Nick Cage oh performance.
1: like I know.
2: Like, like kind of like how I don't see Travolta when I watch Pulp Fiction. I don't feel like that's Travolta. This to me doesn't even read like Nick Cage. Mm-mm. That's how good the performance is. But, no,
0: yeah. and, the, and the only other thing, and if people have listened all the way through and haven't seen adaptation, which <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, I think it's a must-watch movie. Yeah, definitely. I mean... I think it's just a must watch movie. It's a must yeah. watch.
1: And that's why I As a screenwriter you'll appreciate it. it. Yeah. And you'll
2: yeah. It's it, now I don't agree that it's for everyone. You know? I don't know if, if it's
0: surprisingly I'm I think it's more for everyone than I did before I rewatched it
2: this time. I think time. it's very I watched uh, it actually my mom watched half of it and then she just got up and walked out of I the I think room. it's a wa a <laughs> lot
1: more commercial than I gave. Maybe it not credit for everybody. For. But
2: yeah. <laughs> I was visiting her and it was the night before we were supposed to record And I was like, well, I got to watch adaptation. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, mom. And then, you know, yeah, so that's fine. <laughs> you know, whatever.
0: But Meryl Streep's in it.
2: That might be the reason. <laughs> the cast is so good. It kind of like, well, yeah. they're, these, I love these people. They're probably saying something important.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: exactly.
2: Yeah. Do you have anything? You don't have anything yeah. left? You, got, you good? You good? I think
1: I, I, what did we learn?
2: What's the lesson of, Jesus, what is the lesson?
0: I'll go with, because um, oh, since we never answered, I'll, I'll go with the little writer's block hint. I mean, writer's block is almost always about the fear of sucking, mm-hmm. right? Isn't that, <laughs> mm-hmm, isn't that what yeah. it always is? So you have this idea in your head, but as soon as you start writing it, you're going to be like, oh, that's not as good as I, the thing I imagined, which is kind of, to me, the theme of the movie. It, the thing you're going to write is never going to be as great as that thing you imagined. Um, so let yourself suck. We all suck. Just go and suck. Suck more. That's what I say. That's my lesson. Jimmy? Suck more. Suck, suck more. more.
1: Yeah, be scared to suck. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the one uh, stuck on you?
2: The Farrelly Brothers walked up to Matt Damon and their only direction was suck less.
1: <laughs> suck less. i think I less. think the lesson is for me, this movie better than any other movie. Shows how you can do all of those things that all the books and the, you know, instructors and everything tell you that you shouldn't do. You know, you can do the voiceover. You can do the dream sequence. You can do the flashback. You can, uh, fuck, break the fourth wall. Like, you can do massive tonal shifts. You can do all these things that are normally discouraged and still tell a commercial three-act structure movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, you know, I'm even going to piggyback on that a little bit. You can tell a three-act structure movie and look how creative you can get within the... You know, I, I think this is the Save the Cat movie. So to think, yeah. the think that Save the Cat is ruining Hollywood because everything's so much alike, I think this is the Save the Cat movie and I think Black Panther's the Save the Cat Agreed. movie. Let's put those side by side. Yeah. You tell me that they're blueprints of one another.
1: Yeah. Right. Very good point. Yeah.
2: yeah. Bob? I, oh, my lesson, I mean... I'll I'll go even a little bit more abstract than Jimmy or, or you. I'll just say walking away from this, it just says to me movies can be anything. Yeah. Sometimes they can't be explain why they work. I mean, yeah, we just spent like an hour talking about why this works, but I'm not even sure I'm convinced even now. You yeah. know, sometimes and I it, movies can be anything and voice is the most important voice. thing. Voice. I believe in voice more than anything ever when it comes to storytelling like you know Charlie Kaufman has an unstoppable voice mm-hmm. and that's unmistakable too right yeah. and th- and that's what will always make his stuff interesting and compelling no matter what no matter if it has no structure like <laughs> it's connected to New York or it, you know whatever you want to point to hopefully he
0: gets a Star Wars movie sometimes <laughs> oh sign God. me
2: up for that <laughs> yes gosh <laughs> Ant-Man 3 <laughs> Charlie Kaufman
1: what is the force <laughs> do I use it I don't know <laughs> yes.
2: Man, if you think the fanboys were angry at Ryan Johnson, <laughs>
0: imagine the Charlie Kaufman's. <laughs> All right.
2: All right. Well, I think yeah,
1: I think we're done. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. You have
2: just listened to Writers Blockbusters, a screenwriting podcast featuring two professionals
0: and another guy. Available only on Thundergrunt. <laughs>